The Zichronot section began with judgment. The person that is recalled is Adam, Adam, who was judged, according to the Midrash, on the day he was created. And it paints a very uh, striking picture of, of God as judge. The collective judgment, the individual judgment, God's knowledge. And the question, of course, when you read this is, what hope could there be for escaping very strict judgment? The turning point in Zichronot is in the next line. The next line in Zichronot, Happy is the one who does not forget you. The person who doesn't forget God. The person who is strengthened through God. Those that, those that seek you, Dorshecha, will not stumble. And those who trust in you will not be disgraced. And the text continues, For remembrance of all the deeds comes before you, and you are Doresh. What does Doresh mean? You are Doresh, the deeds of all of them. Here, I believe, the text plays with the word Doresh, Trisha. Trisha has two meanings. One is to study something very carefully. The judges are commanded, when they have a serious case, perhaps in all cases, to do Trisha v'chakira, to examine very, very carefully, to study the matter deeply. That's the idea of Trisha. That's what judges do. So God is Doresh Masekulam, God is the judge as described in Rosh Hashanah. But Lidrosh has another meaning. Those who seek you will not stumble. To seek God, to search for God. That's a separate meaning of Drisha. So here, the text plays with this idea of Drisha and of memory. Happy is the human who doesn't forget you. For those that seek you will not stumble. And then it says, the deeds, a remembrance of all deeds come before you. Can mean you study them very carefully. But carries with it another significance. You seek them out. For example, the text continues, You remember Noach with love. And suddenly the remembrance is not simply an objective study or objective decision about the deeds. But it's rather memory with love. Noah is described in the Torah as a tzaddik, a tamim, walking with God. <coughs> so the text seems to suggest that whereas creation begins with Adam, but it proceeds through Noah. And with Noah, there's a hope, at least for some people, that God will look upon them favorably. And as the text of Zichronot continues, it talks about Zichronot Barefanecha. Hashem Elokeinu, when you decided to obliterate the entire world, however, his remembrance came before you to bless him, to uh, and then we are beginning to recite the verses, because remember the Rosh Hashanah service is fundamentally biblical verses. And the first verse talks about God remembering Noah. By he meant Noah, not only Noah, through all the animals that were with him. Other beings were saved on account of Noah, some of the animals. 
to begin a new world. And then the second verse, also about Noah. By Yiskarl, he met Noah. Noach actually in the ark it's interesting that Noach in the ark is actually not just a, a single person Noach in the ark is actually all of humanity so we have again somebody who represents the person and also represents humanity that's the story of Noah. So that, that's the verse that we cite in conjunction with Noah. And then we move from that verse to two other verses from the Torah. There's one verse about Noah, and then we have two more verses. And the next two verses focus on God remembering God's covenant with Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And the third verse, again, V'zochatiyat priti Yaakov, V'yafet priti Yitzchak, so these verses, the first deals with Noach. Noach, I would say, represents what we would call providence or hashkacha. God destroyed everything but singled out a certain person. And the continuation, the other biblical verses now move to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Abraham, and Yaakov. And as we'll see, the fundamental person, the main emphasis will be on Abraham. But suddenly the prayer has introduced a new concept, the concept of covenant. Noah was saved. Noah escaped judgment. He was blessed. He was protected. But Noah in the Torah is a tzaddik, a tamim, a very righteous and holy person. So, okay, if you're holy and righteous, God will seek you out. But what about for the rest of humanity? That's not necessarily, they're not evil, but they aren't holy and righteous either. So here the text introduces a third concept, the concept of covenant, which is the dominant concept, actually, of the Zichronot. It began with judgment, which is Adam. It, mo- it moves to providence, which is Noah. And now the third and final theme, which is covenant, which, which is the, the patriarchs are mentioned over here. But of the patriarchs specifically, the text will focus on Abraham. I say focus on Abraham because when we come to the Second part of Zichronot. Each of the three blessings we remember has a statement, nine verses, and then there's a tenth verse connected to the petition. The petition in the case of Zichronot is that we want God to remember us for good. And in this uh, prayer, that God should remember us for good, we specifically mention. We want God specifically to remember what God had sworn to Avram, our ancestor, our patriarch, on Mount Moriah, Bahara Moriah. So we specifically remember the binding of Isaac, in the beginning of our petition, and not only that, it's the very closing of the blessing. At the very end, we say about God, God, you remember everything. That's how we started the blessing. Including, you forget nothing. So you certainly must remember the story of the binding of Isaac. 
Baruch HaToh Hashem, so here HaBrit, blessed are you, O God, who remembers the covenant. So, Zohar Abrit is the conclusion to the central prayer of Rosh Hashanah, which we call Zichronot. The binding of Isaac is recalled here because the argument that we make is that the same way Avraham, it says, overcame his basic nature, his basic nature was to be kind. He overcame it to do your will, he didn't question your will. So, too, we ask God. You should, you remember everything, have no forgetfulness. You should overcome. You should overcome, your, your compassion should overcome, overtake your anger. In other words, what it sounds like is that the fundamental attribute of God is actually truth. God's seal is truth. Abraham's fundamental, fundamental nature was chesed. He was able to overcome his fundamental nature to do the right thing. So we ask you as well, reciprocally, to overcome your basic nature of truth and to employ the qualities of mercy and compassion. In addition to that, though, what's interesting is that this particular blessing and the themes of the blessing, creation, judgment, and then providence and covenant, seem to be each of the three themes are connected to a particular person, Adam, Noah, Abraham. But Adam, Noah, and Abraham, actually, this trio is a trio upon which the creation narratives are based. In other words, the creation stories of the Torah, there's a creation, or two creation narratives, there's a flood, there's an undoing, there's Noah, who is recreating the world, but he doesn't recreate sacred space. Sacred space is Abraham. The first command and the last command to Abraham. The first lechacha and the second lechacha. The day of Rosh Hashanah is represented in our prayers as Hayom Harat Olam, the beginning of creation. As we say in Zichronot, Chilat Masecha, the beginning of your creation. But the creation narratives don't end with Adam. They continue through Abraham, and one might say the climax of the creation narratives is the discovery of the alternative sacred space within the sacred space, Mount Moriah, the place of the temple. So on this day of creation, we speak of God the creator, but we have our own presentation of creation. The climax of your creation, we say, is the binding of Isaac. So therefore you, who are the creator of all, which is why God is king, because God has created the world. So, you, the creator and the king and the judge, certainly remember, you remember everything, but specifically the binding of Isaac as the climax of your creative activity. I will add one more detail to the Zichronot section. Of course, there's much more to say here. What's interesting is that the, all the verses that we cite in the Zichronot section contain the word Zachar. The Talmud already has a dispute as to whether the word pakad, which also can be translated as remembering, is appropriate or not, we have chosen not to use the word pakad. And the reason for that, I believe, is this. The word zachar, typically in the Bible, to remember, has essentially very positive connotations. The word pakad, which means to count, carries with it typically the sense of counting, 
but also being held accountable. So the word pokad often carries with it a potential negative. Pokad avon avot abanim, visiting the sins of the parents upon the children. Or after the golden calf episode, uviyom pokti, when I take, hold them accountable, upokadati alayem chatatam, I will visit their sin upon them. So we have chosen on Rosh Hashanah. We feel very vulnerable on Rosh Hashanah. Yes, we do accept the judgment. But we prefer to position God on Rosh Hashanah as a God who is Zocher rather than as a God who is Pokeh. Of course, that's how we end. Baruch Atah Hashem Zocher Abrit, who remembers the covenant. We are connected to Abraham and the values of Abraham. Maybe we're not also righteous and saintly as Abraham or Noah, but we see ourselves as committed and the, the commitment is a covenantal one, which means it's a long-term commitment. People in long-term commitments understand their ups and downs, their difficulties, their mistakes, but they also understand they're in this together for the long haul, for the long run. And therefore, the judgment within the covenantal context from that perspective is always different. So the God who remembers everything, who forgets nothing, everything we do matters. That's what we say. God understands that. God reminds us that we are held accountable even for things we have forgotten or wish to forget. On the other hand, we ask God specifically to remember the binding of Isaac.